Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes and I'm joined by my brother Adam over Skype in America. Howdy! Howdy, partner. Yes, so we're in we're closing into the well the closing of the end the sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I was about to say something else, but that's fine. Yeah, we're close to the end of the second month of uh, 2020 and already there are a lot of things going on in the world that makes me kind of feel like just need some positivity right about now. Yes. Uh, it, the news makes for very, very bitter reading indeed these days. Yeah. Uh, on uh, both sides of the pond, it would seem. But um, but yeah, and then there's a worldwide uh, potential worldwide, worldwide disease outbreak. Um, so, you know, it's, um, it's, all, it's all great. It's all going... Fucking hunky dory. Um, yeah. How is it? How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing really. I'm doing really nice. I've had a. I've had a nice and enjoyable week. How about you? Oh god, yeah. I've been. I've been super busy at work, but it's been good. Um, You've been event planning. <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, it was, but it went really well. Uh, our big nice. event. We have an annual dinner and lecture in honor of W.E.B. Boys' birthday every year, and it's um, it's Black History Month over here as well, which is. You know, it's a good thing that that they have awesome. um, a Black History Month, I guess, but it's also kind of, uh, you know, problematic at the same time. There's only one, and the story that gets told in Black History Month can be kind of uh, interesting about how the rest, you know, how how that history gets framed. But that's not what I'm on here to talk about. No, um, I'm on here to talk about movies with you. Yes, um, and uh, we're going to be talking about a, a little film today that you might not have heard of. <laughs> yes, so today, this episode we're going to be talking about is the Oscar-winning film Parasite from South Korean director Bong Joon-ho. And, it... and, and, we, and by the way, we should tell you, uh, we actually didn't record this in February 2020. We recorded this in November 2019 when no one had yet watched Parasite, so we're still cool and ahead of the times. We're not just jumping on this bandwagon really late. Yes, we, 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 we say it's Oscar-winning because we know it's going to win some Oscars. We know it's going to win Best Picture, but no one is talking about that yet. Yeah, it, it won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival, so... Yeah. Yeah. No, th- no, this movie has made, like, a really big splash, and it's, like, like everybody's talking about this movie. Like, just it, it, no, American critics, English critics, Danish critics, like, everybody just, just can't stop President. talking. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Of course he was going to say something negative about the movie and then mention Gone with the Wind and Sunset Boulevard and then you made you just just cry into a pillow. Well, when you... he picked those two films. I mean, I understand Gone with the Wind because that is a highly racist movie about, um, <laughs> you know, the American South. So that's yeah. like, sure. Okay, Sunset Boulevard, though, that's interesting. Yeah, that was really um, weird. I don't, like, like, I don't know. It's maybe just because... There's two things that popped into his head. Was the third film that he was going to mention, was, was that going to be like Debbie Does Dallas or something? Like, what was <laughs> Anonymous, anonymous coward. Um, I think you need to work on your Trump impression. Yeah, um, okay, the, fair enough. The, yeah, I mean, it is it is everywhere. I love it. I love it. It's created a bazillion memes. Yeah. Um, it is that there's this. It's it's on it's on the internet in a big yeah. way, and I I feel like there is so much to recognize and um and sort of celebrate in this film and people have really picked up on it and it's yeah. i mean it truly is a movie for our times definitely um, but i feel like so, it, it, a lot of its themes are really it's not just you know it doesn't it doesn't seem to be it, it's not just resonating with uh korean audiences it's resonating with everybody like the themes and the storyline really kind of speak to a lot of people it talks a lot about 
the you know upper class lower class it like you know just rich people poor people it like it 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 builds it makes something out of the world of the film that everyone kind of understands and there's a lot to really sort of dissect with the movie and i feel like there is like a lot this film has a lot to say and a lot of it really hits the right marks it's not like a film that really sort of goes out of its way to like really give a sense of like this is where we are and this is how we can we be, how we can be better like in a sort of a similar film uh called blind spotting which came out uh a couple of years ago you know both those films do highlight a lot of issues that are in the world today and they still they're still sort of current and i think it gives a good sense of like where we are as people and as a society in a lot of ways yeah but it's not it's not preachy at the same time i mean it's, no it isn't preachy it's at a, all. um it's really you know the stuff that happens that the message of the film is smuggled in to some degree to what is a very fun um is essentially like a kind of farce. I mean, it yeah. is obviously it has a kind of ultimately tragic conclusion, or you know, a kind of a tragic conclusion. Um, it's very open ended, but it is very it's a very tragic open ended story uh, conclusion. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, people die, so like. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we should maybe say at this point that if you haven't watched the film, we're going to spoil it for you. Yeah, it's still in cinemas, so do check it out. So watch the film and then come back and listen to our episode because we are going to get into spoiler territory a little bit with the movie. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yes, yeah, so it's... Um, I mean, I guess it's really hard to know where to begin and where to end. But So I haven't... I basically think this was the second Korean film I've watched and I've now watched three. And... Um, Which are the... so I knew I knew very little about Korean cinema going into this. I knew I know very little about South Korea, frankly. Um, I don't know anything about South I, Korea either. I was like, it was totally just, you know, it was a film that was not on my radar at all until it started doing as well as it did. And even then, I wasn't really fully sure what it was about. And it was kind of on a whim that um, we went to see it with some friends. Um, yeah. And um, and I'm so fucking glad I did because that was back in January and it was before the the Oscars and whatnot. But it was like it was just so thrilling to go into a film where I had no frame, I didn't know any any of the actors. Well, I did recognize the the um, oh, what's his name, the guy who plays the dad. I recognized him from the only other Korean film I'd seen at that point, which is The Good, The Bad, The Weird. Yeah, um, he's very well known. He he he's been in quite a few of Bong Joon Ho's movies. Uh, Memories of Murder, he's in that, which is a film I really want to see, and I'm happy that the Criterion Collection are actually uh, putting out a Blu-ray or DVD of of that film, which is great because it's really hard to get a hold of. He's also in The Host, which is a uh, monster movie, which is extremely enjoyable and one of <clears throat> excuse me one of Tarantino's favorite movies. And like Tarantino's like a really big like flag waver for Bong Joon Ho. Like he's been really instrumental in like opening him opening people up to him in like western audiences and things like that his name is uh kang ho song yeah he's he's a very well-known south korean actor he's been he's also in uh a film by uh park chan wook who directed old boy called thirst which is like his take on the vampire genre which i saw a few years ago which is also a really 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 good film yeah oh yeah i mean he's i i want to see all his movies now um and um i really like his um persona as well i really enjoyed kind of following him yeah. um through the award season and sort of seeing him make the rounds like he's a very charming and, and interesting kind of guy and um 
I um he was having a blast. I, I really like his sort of message about you know this, this shouldn't be some kind of revelation like the, the a film can be you know you can enjoy a film from a different place. Um, yeah, exactly. I really, I really like. It's just sort of one in the eye to people who don't like watching movies with subtitles. Um, I mean, he's, he's had to put up with some fucking daft questions as well. I mean, one person asked him why he chose to make the film in Korea, or in Korean. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like, but, but also uh, like the film, it, it's about the the upper class and the lower class in in Korea. I think he was trying to make like sort of a, a film about that because he was saying like because the guy and one of the main characters in the film becomes like a tutor for a daughter of a very rich family and he said that's the only way that those two like pe- those two types of people would ever meet in any kind of situation like every there is such a divide in in south korea yeah i mean and, and lord knows there is <coughs> in a lot of other places in the world i i guess i i can't really speak to the ways in which it's uniquely korean because i don't really know the the culture, but I, it's sort of my understanding that yeah, that <coughs> there are slightly more. Are you okay? I just have a bit of a cough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got water. It's fine. Okay, great. Yeah. So I mean, but I, I guess it's my understanding that that kind of social dynamic is more strict or whatever. But um, I wouldn't want to speak to that because I'm not really okay with it. But the um, no, I don't know. I don't really. But, know but, it, but it is such. A, I mean, this, this film is is so. The, the the messages about class that this film delivers are so mm. profound, so moving and brilliantly acted. I mean, I think one of the main moments that really brings it home is the rain, the storm scene. Yeah. Because it's sort of what happens is that for the rich, for the parks, you know, they get their, their camping trip gets rained out and they're just like, oh my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And for our um you know for our protagonist the kim family for 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 the for the um the kim family yeah for the kim family um he they uh you know their whole world is is destroyed by this by this rainstorm yeah um yeah i mean it's just it's so incredible and and the and all the stuff about like smells and 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 you know that really kind of like creepy um unpleasant snobbishness like the the way that they just disregard the 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 um you know the fact that um is it kim ki kim ki young at the end is it uh, she's the one who gets stabbed right yeah kim uh kim ju uh ki jung yeah she's the girl that gets yeah. stabbed yeah it's and, like that that dies. way that they sort of callously disregard her while looking after their son and then you know you really feel that kind of rage building up that sort of total lack of empathy and an ability to to sort of see people um is 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 amazing and and i think that what's really what it reminded us of when we watched it was um get out you know the way that get out confronts racism in this kind of indirect but really profound way well it's not indirect but it's not the usual kind of um hollywood version of it it's extremely nuanced like both these films have very extreme nuance the way that they highlight their themes and their messages Right, exactly. And so that, that's one of the things that I feel like runs throughout Parasite is that you can watch it and be totally, completely entertained. And, and, and it is incredibly entertaining. Um, but there are, these, there are these messages in it that, you are, compl- that are unignorable. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there that you take from it, but also just not just like the ideas of like class, but also just like being appreciative of what you have and 
what what's in your life and things like that and just you know because you know shit can happen and then it's just taken away from you and, and everything yeah i mean the, the revelation of um of just how things um turn out and this idea of renewal and and stuff at the end is really moving as well um the the coda that teases the idea that maybe that maybe things will end so that finally um mr kim can come out of the basement yeah um is uh is is really incredibly moving and and so it's like but it is that thing of it's a total imagined idea of how can we how what's the only way to escape Poverty. this situation is like getting so insanely lucky that you can buy you know that your privilege will allow you to to rise you know in a certain way but we know yeah. how hard it is we know how social mobility is is something that just for a lot of people it doesn't exist it's a complete joke you know it's in this country it's the american dream it's just yeah. like there are so many barriers to entry to um wealth and privilege um, yeah. and there's such a robust and well-functioning class system and caste system throughout the throughout the world yeah it's um, like i mean depending on who you are as a person and where you're from and what race you are it's gonna like you like depending on that it's going to be really easy or difficult for you to get where you're sort of going and stuff and i think that film kind of like it, parasite highlights it at the, at the end of the movie and like it kind of gives you a little bit of hope like oh the he, the family reunites at the end of the movie you know he comes out of the basement but then it like ends on that bit where you know he's still in his house and it's his like dream and everything like that it's kind of heartbreaking because you know it's going to be a struggle for someone like him as it is for a lot of people who aren't really you know given the chance and unless you know you're like a wealthy person or like a friend of a friend or like someone's nephew or something you're not it's going to be difficult to get far like anywhere yeah and um and this and this idea that the only real success is superhuman wealth that there's in order for there to be this kind of lifestyle where you have this conspicuous consumption and where you're able to travel and where you're able to eat whatever you like you live in an amazing house it, it is built on the uncompensated labor of millions of other people who never get even a glimpse of that world unless they clean its floors you know it's like yeah. it's so insidious this idea in the world that i think is stoked by things like i don't know like this the sort of instagram culture and whatever else that you know that that we forget that actually a, a better situation would be if maybe everyone was just a little closer together that the, the ceiling wouldn't be as you know too yeah. high and the 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 bottom wouldn't be too low but then unfortunately there is this human uh tendency to want to create inequality so that you can constantly sort of measure yourself against others and it is uh yeah it's 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 miserable but that's not it's, you know i'm, I'm gonna get off my soapbox but no um, no it's fine it's, i do it all makes sense this I agree movie without thinking about those things no i i totally agree with you in a lot of ways and i think it's just it just this movie is like a film for our times and i don't think it's ever I think this movie is going to be watched for like years and years and dissected and looked at and it, it's never going to go away. It's always going to be one of those movies that unless you're Donald Trump, like everybody's going to love and talk about this film. Right. I mean, for me, I, um, I think it's perfect. I yeah. don't think, I think it sets a benchmark for what, a, what, a, what a perfect film looks like in, in the second decade of the, or the, in or into the third decade of the 21st century. You know, this yeah. is, this is the you know you can you can keep your jokers and you can keep your whatever else it's like this movie is the tits it is absolutely mesmerizing and phenomenal yeah. um but aesthet it was, aesthetically it's so well made like just 
everything oh. from like the production design and like the positioning of the camera and the shots and everything like that and the editing like it's a really well paced film it's like it's so like beautiful there's so many moments in this movie it's like i really like i, I mean i'm not like a big expert on asian cinema but i really like the way that they make their films i think there's like a difference in the way that they put their movies together and things like that like even like you know in the way that like someone like john woo directs action or like pop shang wok when he did old boy and like did you know like in the way they make horror films and things yeah. like that like takashi mckay who did audition and ichi the killer you know all these directors that tarantino loves and he's trying to get them to you know you know get get them out there and things like that but i feel like you know they they make their films in a really really interesting way that i feel like when yeah western I mean, like, you when be, western you have to be careful you have to be careful not to like lump all yeah like asian cinema into one thing but it there is a certainly like an, a sensibility in that yes area in that part of the world there are certain through lines that i think um and i think one of the things that both certainly that japanese and korean cultures have in common is that very like etiquette yeah. and um kind of social ritual uh that those things play such a part in day-to-day -day life yeah um I can't speak. I don't know about how similar like Chinese cinema is, but necessarily. But obviously, I've seen Wong Kar Wai's in the mood for love, but I haven't seen that much other stuff. Um, no, I, mean, I, the, I haven't uh, seen any Wong Kar Wai stuff. I really want to watch Wong Kar Wai's movies. I have a few of them here, and there's, I, I, I've been sort of in the, bit... in the mood for love is, is astonishingly yeah. good. Um, the, um, the, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it is. It's a, it's a lovely way of, of of making cinema, but at the same time, I, I think we 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 should not you know just always lump this as like this isn't for me this isn't like a piece of world cinema like this no. is a mainstream movie of that's that you could that anyone from anywhere could watch and completely understand it like yeah i think that totally. one of the things that i love about it is how um how recognizable some of the filmmaking style is um as just mm. as a westerner like the two directors it kind of reminded me of it was like it, it was almost as if the that it had been co-directed by like Kubrick and Hitchcock. Yeah, it, it had, had that. It, it, defi like, it definitely suspense. had a Kubrick Hitchcock vibe. It really, it really did have that. Especially yeah. just like, I mean, if you look at the way that they make their films, you could easily see like the influence, their influence in Park Chan Wook's uh, directing. No, not Park Chan Wook's. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Bong Joon Ho's uh, direction. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I mean, I, I think the whole film just the, the the way they did suspense was so. Um, it's so good. Like it's so. And actually, the, and the and the slightly sadistic humor. Um, it's so brilliant. Part was was kind of Hitchcockian as well. I don't know. Um, like the, the cinema where I watched it in Denmark, like everybody was laughing at like some like dark comedic moments. But even at the end, when like shit goes shit hits the fan, everyone was like gasping in their seats. Like it's really quite like powerful and shocking in a lot of ways. But like everybody, it just like everybody in the cinema was it was so on board with the movie like it was it was it was quite incredible i haven't had an experience like that where everyone was like really into the movie while in the cinema yeah it's a roller coaster ride i mean it is a and and you should see it in a cinema because it is um it, it's a it's such a sumptuous and gorgeous yeah. thing in it i mean talk about it talk about a, a cinematography i mean it is just oh it's so rich it's so yeah stunning and it's that Part where the, there are certain images that, that just are emblazoned on my mind, um, but there is there's one shot which I if I could keep one, it's this one where they're sitting on the floor getting drunk and the rain's coming down outside, yeah. and you know that the rain's going to have some kind of consequence, and you're you're desperately worried that the the 
parks are going to come home because like, well, yeah, the rain's happening, so maybe their camping trips are indoor. But yeah. what's brilliant in that part is that it's kind of this bridging moment in the film where things go from kind of fun, like, con artist to, yeah. you know, it turns into a dark movie. But what's great is that you get this incredible image to linger on with these huge windows and the rain coming down outside. Mm. And then immediately afterwards, the film takes you by the hand and says, come with me and pulls you through a side door that you didn't know was there literally. And, yeah. and it's just like, Oh, what this? Yeah, like, I, I, I really like how a lot with a lot of these movies and how unpredictable they are. And like, you just don't know exactly where they're going to go. And especially with this movie, like even like his movie, the host, which is just like this really bonkers, darkly comic monster movie. Like you just don't know where the movie's going to like, where he, the movie's going to take you. I think it's so, it's so amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was absolutely flabbergasted. I had no idea when she pushes back to the cupboard and goes down, opens the bunker door. Like, I was like, what are we going to find down there? What yeah. is going on? And it is so creepy I, and I, so just brilliant, you know? I, I generally was a little bit worried about that because I just, I thought like, I was really enjoying the movie so far and then this new stuff kind of gets introduced and I was like, oh no, is the movie going to change? It was like, am I not going to like it as much? But no, the movie just keeps getting better and better and better. It like it just builds up. Like that whole fight sequence where they like fighting with the old maid and her husband and she gets rubbed with like a peach on her face because she's allergic to it. And then she's walking up the stairs and then the mum like... The, 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 the mother Chung Suk she like kicks yeah, the mother Tim, yeah. kicks the mother down the stairs and, like, and oh, she... it's just it's just it's yeah. absurd I mean it's just it's like fantastic. a really it's like a really dark Marx Brothers moment or something like that yeah and, well, and just the, the humour of the traumatising of the kid as well I mean that is so funny that he has this yeah. deep trauma that with this cake and he looks over and he sees his face. And that's a great shot. That's such a creepy shot. Where yeah, his where his head just like pops up and he's got the eyes and everything. I just like yeah. I remember watching that. But he this... looks like one of those he looks like one of those Japanese masks, you know, like something out of Onibaba, you know. Yeah. Like the, and and <laughs> and I and I, I know he's a Korean guy, I'm not saying you know, Yeah, no, but, um, but, yeah. but the, the and that and then you, you get this seed is planted that gets paid off so amazingly because the same guy shows up and <laughs> kill someone at his birthday and it's the cake again it's, and it's like this fucked up and that kid is going to be traumatized like but it's just so, and obviously that scene is so violent and so upsetting oh that it makes me laugh thank you uh respect yeah i mean it, it's oh my word i mean i mean yeah. it's a bit yeah so i mean the the it's a film that really pays off very well. Like the suspense yeah. is really it's like when you talk about Hitchcock, like the suspense is really well done. There's no like real like surprises that were like thrown in there and stuff. It's really just sort of built up to a point like where's this film gonna go? Where's this film gonna go? This is where it's gonna go. Like you see the way the different families react with one another. You also see like how like snobbish the the you know, the father is with the with the smell and everything. And I really like that shot where he's like grabbing the body and he like covers his face and then that motivates uh, 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 the father to you know stab him, and I think it you know it's shocking, but you can understand yeah. like why he why he does it, and it's sort of like it. I don't know. It just gives a sense of like you know we shouldn't you know we we live in a world where everyone's like on edge and everyone kind of like hates each other a little bit, and you know it just it just shows we all need to. There has to be like inclusivity a little bit in like helping one another because well, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it does definitely have that. I mean, I think that the rage element, the sort of irrational, irrational sort of 
animal hatred for one another lingering just below the surface is really well teased out but it doesn't i mean i feel like you know as i said at the beginning it's not like it's not a preachy movie it's not no, a, it's not um, preachy at all it's not a sermon it's really just a a really tight well executed look at the human condition if that's not too pretentious and you know that it's i mean i just i'm just stunned i'm loving just this reliving it and um yeah but it's all about performances because i think the yeah. um I read I read a headline the other day that like that annoyed me when someone said the real star of 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 Parasite is the house and it's like yes the house is a great piece of production design but you are basically just writing the really talented actors out of the story none yeah. of whom were nominated for any Oscars which is a travesty yeah so, um, so Song Kang Ho who plays uh, the the father of the Kim family he should have he should have won something or should have, should have been nominated, but also the daughter yeah. of the Kim family, Kim, uh, Kim Ki, so, Kim so, so Dan Park, who plays, uh, Kim Ki Jung. Yeah. Yeah. Park So Dan, who plays the girl, the Jessica, you know, cousin Chicago. I love that little thing with the fingers. And then she's like, Oh, oh. God, the mnemonic thing that she does. That's yeah. So fuck, I love that. I want to start doing that for everything. Um, yeah, she's, she's great. The, the women in the film, um, is it some, I'm reading the, the credits on IMDb. So like, I, I have to you have to pardon apologies my for any bad pronunciation of the names yeah Lee Seung Chung and Cho Yu Cho Yo Jung yeah and um and uh, uh Lee Jung uh, uh are oh yeah I mean they're they're all yeah they're so good I mean they're, they're just there's this um there's this intensity to the feet to the women's performances yeah. that is um and each one of them has a different flavor um and um and there's so there's the you know the the mrs park is like this this classic kind of image of the bored neurotic wealthy housewife but in a yeah. new way that we haven't seen a million times before um it, yeah it's um I cannot wait to rewatch it. I must say. Yeah, I really want to watch it. Yeah, I just it. want to. I do want to say. Like, I really I think want to watch that it again. The acting in this film does need more recognition than I think it's got. I think everyone has has, has legitimately and fairly been talking about the directing and the cinematography and the yeah. production design. But you have to remember that the performances are um, are fabulous, and and um, and and that's kind of you know. Uh, I, I, you know, everything builds from that. If you have poor acting, you're not going to get as as good of a um, you need the right actors and I think they got the right actors for this movie and they're all amazing and I hope to see them again in, a, in another film that the the Academy Awards recognize and nominate for more Oscars I hope I hope that happens I mean because I mean this year the film won it won't. I know it um, won't but I just I just kind of want that like I don't know just I feel like just just like I know just a little bit of like change it a little bit and like just opening up a little bit like even said when he won the golden globes and when you get over that little hurdle of like you know subtitles then you open yourself up to like great films and everything like that because like you know it just it's you know they make great films where, where they come from but then when they come over here and like audit like you know you had that with john woo when he came over to america and all this sort of stuff and you know he he never really kind of got his way including uh bong joon ho when he made uh snowpiercer his action sci-fi film which was made a few years like it was made of like about 10 years ago but it took such a such such a really long time to be released because well harvey weinstein he had some ideas of how the film should be done and then it took a while yeah and then he he punished um he punched him he said he didn't 
distribute it properly, did he? Yeah, he, he didn't distribute distribute it at all. It was only really available in certain places. Like no one was able to really see it unless you went to like a festival. So it was really kind of shitty. And I think it's sort of you know it's like if you, if you want these guys to make a, a film, if you want to make a film with them, then let them make their film with you and just let them kind of do their thing a little bit. Yeah, I mean the the world Hollywood is pulled in directors from other cultures throughout its existence and yeah. for lots of different reasons sometimes they are legitimately fleeing their country like the german directors who came over during and before the second world war and then you have obviously uh, someone like uh, going right back to the 1920s you have someone like victor schustrom who came over from sweden to make movies because he wanted a bigger audience and mm. then you have uh you know you have your um you know your, your your big directors who could go over from, but but then you also have those directors like you know staying in Sweden like Bergman who stayed put or like um, uh, Fellini you know who stayed mm. put who make their movies where they are, uh, you know Bertolucci also went, did you know the Last Emperor and all that you know it's, yeah. Um, so and I like that, and I like that the, and, and seeing film not as something that's dominated by Hollywood because Lord knows Hollywood shit most of the time. Like and, and yeah. stuff, half the stuff that gets released as a remake or half or a franchise picture and the prestige sort of quote unquote Oscar bait pictures are a lot of the time they're rubbish. Like you look down a list of pictures that have won the best picture Oscar, and a lot of them are really fucking overrated movies and um, a film most that people time, don't yeah. remember now. Mm. Some of them are great. Yeah, yeah, there are some really good ones, but like there are some pretty forgettable ones. But you can also name a, a thousand films that should have won Best Picture that didn't. Yeah, or like look at any like other performances that should have gotten nominated or anything like that, or just yeah. Um. So um. So that's where I sort of um. That's that's where I sort of come down on this issue. It's like, well, it's not you know, yeah, that's we. Now we see that oh yeah these these movies can come over here and have cro- what's called crossover appeal but it's like, as you say go out and discover the world of cinema that's out there but it is a question of distribution it is how are these films um, shown to us yeah and why aren't they you know why can um, what's a terrible film like why is the recent like the Smurfs movie or the Trolls you know the Trolls movie yeah. is going to get like a wider release in some places than some film that really deserves it and and no wonder like we're so polarized and um you know and culturally um stymied when people don't give us access to these uh, uh these films yeah it, i mean it's also i mean look at then it also stops them from making quite as much money yeah no so also the problem is is like a lot of like i mean even looking at the way disney can kind of control everything now like they put they they've locked away certain films in their vault that you can't really they you have to like ask permission to like show it in cinemas and if you want if you want to like use it or something it's pretty bad well, like, what, like what well because they own a lot of movies in 20th century fox and they kind of you know i think it's like films like fight club and princess bride there was like an article about it a while ago which made me really sad that they have that control a little bit yeah, I mean, and, and that's, you know, that's another side of it. But yeah, this this hegemonic control by huge corporations is, is another thing that keeps people from, keeps people on a diet of relatively boring, relatively safe stuff. But on the other hand, I think that streaming services are a great way of getting, um, yeah, getting this content. So like I watched um, The Handmaiden the other day 
yeah, uh, Parkside works well on Amazon Prime, and I know that the Criterion Channel, the Criterion Channel has films from all over the place, but they're bringing in, you know, they the Criterion Collection have, have added Memories of Murder, which I'm really happy about and, and can't wait to see one day. So, you know, th- there are those, it's not all doom and gloom, but it, it does this thing of, it, 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 as someone who likes watching films from everywhere, and, and, and I confess, I probably don't watch enough, my 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 the majority of my diet yeah. film wise is american cinema i i really want to get yeah, better as someone, with as someone who does watch movies from well everywhere i find yeah. i always get a little bit annoyed when the, the world sort of pats itself on the back because they everyone decided that one korean movie was was really good it's like yeah. there are so many so many yeah i know there's so many good films i mean i i mean i'm with you i'm like i i've I'm trying to watch not just like Korean films, but just Euro- more European films, more French cinema, more new wave, more different sort of films I've not like even heard of, or like just some films that just sound interesting because, you know, just to get a hold of them before like, you know, they disappear and like, you know, like some spice vault in like Slovakia or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, um, but I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think that there's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time it's it feels um fragile whereas they, you know you'll always be able to watch con air wherever you are but maybe finding a good co- a good copy of uh alphaville or whatever or some or, yeah. or um uh wings of desire or something is going to be harder just because it's less well known and, and when with with this you know i think the academy and um i mean the kind of way of thinking about business promotes the idea that cream rises to the top so no, if some if something's really really good it will get recognition eventually but it it doesn't always if if you if you have a situation where you just release an endless series of marvel movies and star wars and james bond and all the rest of it and you keep people satisfied with that you do you know if there's a more discerning crowd they might want to go and watch something that's a little bit fun and new on netflix or something but you know unless you actually do something to actively promote lesser known filmmakers you're not going to get a vibrant artistic yeah i know uh, it's like you not at all and and it's going it's going to be culturally you know uh, yeah like uh, it should be local to a particular place it's not going to have any kind of global resonance but unless the big money gets behind it because the big money controls everything yeah i mean it shouldn't just be festivals where you get to see one film and then it never gets seen again because there's like i've been to festivals a lot where they've i've seen like a bunch of films that i really 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 like and it's just some films that are just really cool but you never get to see them outside of that and even like not just like foreign films but also just like english or american films that just never get like like some people just don't like that they get there but then they never get distribution or they never get distributed in the right way that a lot of people like a lot of more people get to see them yeah like a million people go and watch uh um sonic the hedgehog huh sonic the hedgehog right exactly or or the um peter rabbit whatever it is you like you know or, or paddington i mean no offense to any of those movies well offense to some of them uh, i know paddington's supposed to be delightful i'll leave that alone but well, the Harry Potter films, for God's sake, like they're rubbish. Um, and yeah, I mean the 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 fact, but it, and and that's going to get that's what gets rewarded because you think right, well, that's what puts black ink on the books. That's what means um, that's what's good for business, and um, so we'll keep making that shite. Whereas um, I think what I want is a very palette of interesting movies. Um, yeah, which I mean, I think. Sometimes I I'm worried about Netflix, and other times I think they're helping with it. And 
Um, I don't really, I guess their impact on cinema will be, we have to kind of see what that is, but um, I mean, we'll have to see whether they compete with Disney Plus when they make more product, when they make more sort of content for that place as well, and also other streaming sites like Apple and what they do for like their TV and films and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it's they just—they just have but to I make do, films that are good and interesting. Else. I mean, I know it's—I know it's say, I, I stand by this. I do think it's ridiculous for everyone to sort of fall over themselves that an amazing film came out from somewhere that wasn't America. But if it does have an impact if it does make people look and say you know what we need to pay more attention um in the same way that when you know those danish tv shows started being shown on the bbc in the you know about 10 years ago people were amazed at the success of them and it's like well that's you know they're good and um and then now and that's been great for um quite a while it's been great for that you know for, for that country for, for denmark and great for British audiences, <coughs> at least pre-Brexit, uh, you know, uh, discovering uh, the delights of um, their European neighbours. Um, mm. And it's, uh, it is just that arrogance of the English-speaking world that we, we're happy to export our culture and kind of expect people to get all of our references and know everything, but are sort of, uh, um, you know, we think we're some kind of, we're, we've done something absolutely miraculous if we've managed to sit through 90 minutes of, of content in a different language so yeah and no, i just I also I, I got so annoyed with people there was like one video i saw like one just kind of like american guy being like really angry that this movie won best picture and he was like just saying like put up your hands who the hell has watched parasite so who here in the united states of goddamn america has seen parasite i don't know what a parasite is and it's just like oh god shut the fuck up you trumper twat yeah i mean there's a lot of that here there's a lot of you know the nativism the cultural um imperialism that's you know that's a that's a very anglo-american thing that's a tale as old as time but um anyway just to go back to the film in by way of conclusion i was i i think i don't know if there's a film i look forward to re-watching more than this i don't think there's a film i've watched in the cinema in recent years that i've enjoyed more than this and i don't think there's a, a better film has been made i mean it's. I think for me, it's. If not one of the best, it's the best film of this century so far. Mm. And it is, as you say, it's a film for our time. So, I just cannot say enough good things about it. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's such a fantastic film. It's one of the best films I've seen in the cinema, and I was sad that it ended because I wanted to see more of it. But it was also the perfect length, and everything yeah, about it. Yeah, but perfect, it was perfect. So. Like it was just, it was good, but it just left you you know it kind of made you want to like you know when you watch a movie and they're like oh let's watch it again because it's so amazing and it just it felt a bit like that yeah and honestly i talking to you about it now is making me want to go to the movies and watch it again so it's still playing here in cinemas they're still playing it yeah like a lot of the sort of oscar winning films they're still like they're still rolling it out and and, and i think recently they had a they had a showing where it was completely in black and white oh they've done a few of those here as well yeah i haven't seen any of that yeah, they did it once for Mad Max Fury Road, which I thought was quite interesting. But I think, this I, know, I, think I feel like that's a bit gimmicky somehow because the color palette, the film's color palette, is kind of important to its yeah. overall aesthetic. But, but it's an it's an interesting experiment. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Um, should we leave it there? Yeah, we should. Let's uh, crack on to uh, recommendations and birthdays. What do you want to recommend to me? Well, I'll just go, seeing as we're on, we're talking about Korean cinema, I'll just go ahead and recommend The Handmaiden. It's not as good as Parasite, but it's really worth watching. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I really want to watch that. I have that on DVD. I really like, I'm, I really want to watch more of Park Chan-wook's uh, films. I love 
old boy. That is like a fantastic film. That's a film I went into knowing like a little bit of the premise, knowing a little bit of the plot, knowing that it was Tarantino's like favorite film. And when he was at the Cannes Film Festival, he got it shown at the Cannes Film Festival when he was on the jury uh, back in, I think it was 2003, 2004. And it's a film like you don't know where it's going to go. And it's fucking amazing. And it's like, I like talking about it now, I'm just reminded of like of all the scenes that happened in the movie. A very hard film to watch. Uh, a lot of his films are very kind of like, but like it's so it's such a great film and it's so well made a lot of great action scenes and performances are amazing and the aesthetic is amazing too but yeah so i i I definitely would maybe i would probably recommend old boy actually now that i talk about it okay watch old boy and then uh don't watch the really bad spike lee remake spike lee did the remake yeah he did a remake of it Originally, with, uh, it was with Josh Brolin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was with Josh Brolin. Originally, there was like a there was a moment when like Steven Spielberg was going to direct it with Will Smith, and I was like, oh no 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 no. And then that when, sounds bonkers. Oh, and right. then when and then when Spike Lee did it, he uh, apparently there's two versions of the movie. There's the version that he cut, which is about two hours and twenty minutes, and then there's the theatrical cut, which took quite a lot out. And when he usually when Spike Lee puts his films on, on you, ha- it's called a Spike Lee joint. But this movie was called a Spike Lee film because it wasn't. He didn't see it as his his vision of what he originally wanted to do with the old boy film. But also, just like the thing with like that film, it doesn't do anything new. It just does the same film again, like condensing it, like condensing kind of what makes you know the first one really great, like the charm of it, you know, the really morbid charm of it. But just condenses it, really shorten it, and just kind of does the same thing again. It's one of those things where you're like. Do you really need to make another remake? Like, let the right one in. Did you really need to make another remake? Like, yeah, you just have to put it in English. It's so stupid. Yeah, I know. But also, like, there's a date, like some date. I, I bet you they'll do something. They'll do some kind of a remake of Parasite. Well, uh, maybe, well actually, they're, they're doing a limited TV series that actually Bong Joon Ho is having some involvement in. And it's not a remake or a reboot or anything like that. It's sort of a continuation of the themes. Like, it's a mini series. Well, I'll be interested to do that. HBO. I think HBO is producing it. Has anyone uh, has anyone got a birthday today? Obviously, I think I pulled up this on my iPad earlier. Yeah. Um, top of the list is a woman called Amelia Jones, and I have absolutely no idea who you are. You're in. Oh, you're in High Rise. Oh, that's a good film. And that's pretty much it. Oh, she was in an episode of Wolf Hall and Doctor Who. And she... oh, well, she's yeah. Well, I don't recognise her, but I mean, Wolf Hall was really good. Um, happy birthday to Emily Blunt, who will be back on the cinema screens again twice this year. One, uh, one uh, first will be A Quiet Place uh, Part 2 and uh, Jungle Cruise with uh, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, Jungle Cruise. <laughs> that sounds... Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to see that. Yeah, have you seen A Quiet Place? No. You'd like A Quiet Place. It's really good. Like, it's so well done. Like, it's so, like, surprisingly really good. It's not, like, amazing. I'll check it out. But it's really, really well done. And the cinematographer uh, was the same cinematographer on The Hunt and a few of Thomas Vinterberg's films. And it's uh, Charlotte Bruce uh, Kleschenson, a Danish Hmm. cinematographer. Okay. I've been... When I went to the film school uh, here in Denmark in the European Film College, we we had a a masterclass uh, with her. It was really, really interesting. Oh, fun. 
Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Dakota Fanning, who recently was uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, she's uh, yeah, she's she she started off as like a, a child actress, but then you know still kind of carried on a career and choosing you know really interesting sort of films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, she was really good. I think she was the, the 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 best thing about War of the Worlds, the Steven Spielberg thing. I thought she was really good. And she's great in one of my favorite animated films from the Laker uh, Studios, who recently did the film Missing Link, which was nominated for an Oscar, and that's the film uh, Coraline, which is amazing. Have you have you seen any of like their films, like Coraline or Paranorman or anything like no, that? No, I haven't. Um, it is uh, Kelly McDonald's birthday today. I really like her. She's oh, she's great. Fantastic in uh, Train Spotting and um, No Country for Old Men. I mean. Mm-hmm. She- Brilliant, brilliant actress. Yeah, she was also good in a Pixar film called Brave, which came out in 2012. Peter Fonda, the late, great Peter Fonda. Yeah, he's great. Easy Rider, amazing. Yeah, still, that film you gave me, The Hired Hand, that's, uh, boy, that was a good movie. That was one he directed and uh, starred in, and it's um, it's so good. Mm. Yeah, he was, a really, he was a really great, like, like, figure of American cinema. Yeah. Um, uh, happy Aziz birthday, Ansari. Aziz Ansari. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of my favorite comedians. I really liked his new um, uh, Netflix comedy special, Right Here, Right Now, which uh, I think was very was quite moving. Like he in the in the special, he um, he talked about the his the allegations that were sort of said against him and stuff. Like he really kind of started the show talking about that. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Yeah, the whole. It was sort of the last, the last Me Too. The Me Too movement got a bit ridiculous with him, and I feel like it. It took. It, it was one of the things that kind of helped that kind of. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't helpful for the movement. I don't think. Um, yeah. It started to make it seem like people were just accusing folks willy nilly. Um. Anyway, let's not go into that. Yeah. Let's not blunder into that minefield. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Brick Top himself, Alan Ford. Do you know what nemesis means? Yeah. Oh, in the, in the calm me... words of the Virgin Mary, come again. Yeah. Um, Alan Ford, You're on yeah, thin he's... fucking ice, my pedigree chums, and I shall be under it when it breaks. Now, um, fuck off. He is a legend for that performance alone, but he's also great in uh, Lockstock. He's in American Werewolf in London, as we previously discussed. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's also in um, The Long Good Friday with uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Have you seen that, Long Good Friday? No, actually, I haven't. I haven't but I'm just uh, recognizing the fact that you know that he's in it. No. Yeah. no, but Long Good Friday is a great British gangster film. The Mafia. Oh, shit him. Uh, right. Happy birthday to Robert Lopez, the uh, one of uh, one of few people who has an EGOT, which is an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. And he won an Oscar for well, won two Oscars for um, uh, for um, uh, one for Coco, which is a great Pixar film, uh, Remember Me, which he wrote uh, wrote the music uh, with his wife Kristen Anderson Lopez, and they also won for uh, the song that didn't go away for a really long time which was uh let it go yeah frozen yeah yeah you haven't seen have you seen coco that uh pixar film that came out a few years no, ago no no not yet oh it's so good it's really good 
it's it's one of my favorite Pixar films that's been made in the last few years. It's really good. Great. I'm looking forward to their new film, Onward, which has uh, Chris Pratt and uh, Tom Holland. That's been getting a lot of good reviews. Surprisingly, really good reviews lately. Is there anyone else we need to talk about? Uh, Victor uh, Fleming is... Uh... Yeah, we talked about the, him on the, the director of Gone with the Wind. He's yeah. uh, and the Wizard of Oz, and the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, so he's a he's a big name. Um, uh, happy, birth- happy birthday to uh, music composer Lorne uh, Balfe, who did the music. Who's done a music? He's done the music for uh, a lot of films. Uh, recently, he did the music for the recent Bad Boys film, which was which I actually thought was really really good. And um, he also did the music for his Dark Materials. And he also ha- did the music for a film that we've talked about on this podcast, which was uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh yeah, yeah, really kind of like bombastic, like like score for that movie. He's 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 been making the rounds quite a lot. He's he's doing he's doing quite a bit. Oh, happy birthday to uh, the great uh, Terence Fisher, who uh, directed quite a few films uh, for the studio. Uh, ha- you know, great Hammer horror movies. For the Hammer Street Hammer films uh, in England, uh, the Curse of uh, Frankenstein, uh, the Revenge of Frankenstein, Dracula, the Hound of the Baskervilles, the Mummy, uh, Brides of Dracula, Two Faces of Doctor Jekyll, the Gorgon, uh, Island of Terror, uh, the Devil Rides Out, which is uh, one of my one of my favorites. And I think someone I, I saw on, I think it was a tweet or some someone went up to uh, Christopher Lee at a convention or something. And he said he was like a really big fan of. The Devil Rides Out, and uh, and Christopher Lee says, "Oh, that was one of my favorite films that I worked on." I haven't seen any of those. Uh, I need to catch up with that. Oh, they're great. The Hammer Horror movies are really, really good. They're really good fun. concludes another episode of the homes movies podcast um you can find this episode when it comes out on spotify apple podcasts and stitcher uh, why sa- do you say that because if they're listening to it that means they've already found it uh, yeah you can find this uh, podcast on uh, stitcher tune in apple podcasts and uh let me do this again <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, they already found the episode. You didn't tell them where they could find the episode. They've already found it. Yeah. Tell other people to find it there. Okay. Well, tell yes. Tell tell. Spread the word. Yes, we we are on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Podomatic. Uh, they know you've said it three times. <laughs> okay, forget. It. Okay, yes, you can find uh, us at at Homes Movies Pod. You can also find uh, me on Twitter at Fabricius ninety one F A B R I C I U S nine one. Uh, you can find Adam. He's on tw- on Twitter. He's the Northampton Dane. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything about the D- uh, the Du Bois Center or anything like that? Oh uh, yeah, well I, I do the social media for the WB Du Bois Center at UMass Amherst. Um, so um, you know, follow us, um, Du Bois UMass on Twitter. Um, yeah, if you are uh, if you're an academic and you're listening to this podcast and you do any research that's related to uh, 
W.E.B. Du Bois or his legacy or the, you know any of the subjects he worked in, you might want to check out our fellowship program. Um, so that's for uh, any uh, postdoctoral <laughs> academics listening to this, which I imagine there are literally none of. Uh, but um, you know, the uh, dark. <laughs> um, you never know. Anyway, um, that's what I that's my that's what I'm doing when I'm not recording podcasts with my brother over Skype. Yeah, um, and you can uh, check and uh, you can also send us an email to homesmoviespodcast at gmail yeah, but we won't and, read them. Um, <laughs> but you know, if, and also, if you really like what you hear and want to share the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you know, uh, you know, share it. Like, just you know, if you just send it out to the world, like, get, you know, we like to hear what people have to say about our podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Yes, share, like, send out, click. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, okay. that that was us talking about uh, Parasite from uh, South Korean uh, director Bong Joon Ho, and uh, do also check out our Bond backwards episodes. We'll hope to get through all of the uh, Bond films before April, when uh, No Time to Die comes out. Right. Yeah, we better get recording. Yeah, we've got a lot to do. Got a lot to get through. But yeah, that that concludes this episode. I've been Anders Holmes. Adios. Bye.